Welcome back, friends, to the self-care unit with Operation Happy Nurse and Don't Clock Out. Today, we have a very special episode for you. We are joined by Belanda Addis, the head of scientific communications for L'Oreal Paris in the U.S. She is a pioneering scientist and champion for diversity in beauty, driving innovation at L'Oreal for more than a decade. Previously, she managed L'Oreal USA's Women of Color Lab and Face Lab, where she worked to ensure all women had access to products suited to their unique needs in 140-plus countries where L'Oreal brands are available. We want to talk about beauty's intersection with our sense of self and mental health, so we are thrilled to have Belanda with us today. And we it's funny because right before we hopped on, we were just talking about how like, I have a full face of makeup on. Carly put on a blazer and she has her makeup on. We and have her mascara hair on today. And we both happening. like, yeah, <laughs> we both like feel like the best versions of ourselves, even though we've both had kind of like a off week. Mm-hmm. It feels like I texted Carly. I was like, I've been in a rut, but <laughs> I'm getting better. I'm getting better. But um, the makeup makes it feel like I've still got my life together and things are going to be okay. So I love that we have that transition and it's true to the both of us. And I just love your mission, Belanda, and I'm excited to hear from you. Do you have anything you want to start with? Um, Well, let's see. Before I guess we talk about makeup, the world of beauty, skin, all of the above, I just have to first say how I absolutely love your mission. And, and how important your mission is. So I'm going to geek out for a half a second, forgive me. But my, I, I come from a Caribbean background. And if you know anything about Caribbean backgrounds, our, our objectives in life is to become doctors and nurses. It's all we're ever supposed to be. We're not supposed to be, okay, maybe a lawyer, but really like doctors and nurses. So I have to say a good portion of my family, that's the, the field that they followed and that's where they are. And um, if I can say how well appreciated that this profession is it it's such a selfless profession you give so much um that it 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 takes me back sometimes as i you know i i think we take it for for granted on how much you give us and and just to realize that at some points, you know, you may not be feeling so great and, and that makeup is actually something that can help just makes me feel like, okay, well, maybe it wasn't such a bad idea. I went into this field after all. My, my parents have maybe since forgiven me that I didn't go into the medical field, but I'm able to help in other ways. So I just want to say how much I just completely appreciate and admire all that that you all do. Thank you. That, that is so sweet. Oh, it feels so good. <laughs> also, I'm I'm Dominican, and oh. mm-hmm. my whole family is in healthcare. I've got a cousin I'm who's Hispaniola. a doctor. I'm Hispaniola, exactly. so I'm here <laughs> Exactly. And I can relate wholeheartedly. My mom's a nurse. She's the reason I became a nurse. Mm-hmm. My uncle's an RT. She's one of seven. Almost everyone's in the healthcare field. I have, like, 40 cousins and we're all in healthcare. It's crazy. It's a thing. It's a thing. thing. So, and I, I went directly in the route that my mom wanted me to go into, but I also like really loved it. And I loved seeing my mom as a NICU nurse and that made the transition easier, but there is like Mm -hmm. complicated feelings across my family members who didn't go that route. And they're like, I, we betrayed the family, but oh yeah, we still love each other. It's okay. (laughs) 
That, and you're incredibly successful. Say. Science and is all a science amazing. too. Amazing. So medical. it's like science yeah. too. Yeah. Exactly. I, I had to convince them. I think they they get it now. I had to, it, it took yeah. a little minute. <laughs> Yeah, for them to yeah. figure it out that it's okay of a feel too, but right, helping yeah. lives yeah. in a different I'm way. I'm happy to mm-hmm. be here. Exactly, it does. It does, and it's you. You you get to see how it's all related. You yeah. know, I like to say uh, science is in everything that we do. Science is in healthcare. Science is in from the food that we eat to the makeup that we put on to like the chair that I'm sitting on. It's in everything. So yeah. if you look at it, look at it that way. We're all connected. Yeah, I love that. Ugh. Oh my goodness. Okay. So this actually is perfect to do our little intersection to our first question. Mm-hmm. Um, to begin, how do you see the fields of cosmetics and beauty intersecting with mental health? If you think, at least for me, when I think back um, at growing up, I think back at a period of time, you know, you were a teen and, you know, you were still trying to figure out your your space in life and your face wasn't always the best. And you tried to figure out like what could you do to make yourself feel better because let's, let's admit it, being a teen is not always the easiest thing. At that point, we didn't understand it at the time, but there was this mental health component of it because you weren't able to feel good about yourself because you weren't able to look good about yourself. You weren't able to look good rather. So the intersection at least for me of beauty cosmetics and mental health is something that originates much earlier on than we ever recognized it to be and what that means is it takes time for you to figure out how you're going to present yourself Right? How do you see yourself? It takes time to figure that out. So growing up, um, at least for me, it took me a minute to understand that, okay, all right, there's a direct correlation to not being able to find something that works for me and how I see myself and how I feel about myself. It took me a minute to realize that there was a link between the two. It was just like, okay, I can't find something that works for me. Okay, fine. I'm not going to look good today. Or someone might make fun of me because I'm not looking how I think I should look or how they think I should look. Um, so it, t- it took a minute for me to realize that, wait a minute, this not being able to find this, this beauty that I was looking for does affect me mentally. And I don't know if it was at that point where I started realizing, like, wait a minute, why is it so difficult? Why is it so difficult to find products that work? Why is it so difficult um, for me to feel better about myself if I don't have the right product? Um, And maybe it was at that point that I realized that, okay, there has to be some kind of a fix to this. Like, it can't, this can't be normal. This can't be normal of not feeling good about myself just because I can't find the right product. So I, I'm not even sure if I answered the question, but if I, if I were to look at beauty and the impact of beauty and mental health, for me, it's something that has originated many, many, many years ago. It starts off very young um, for people, and it does take us time to figure out what it looks like for us and how do we get there. No, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And you did answer the question. And 
it just takes me back to when I first started paying attention to beauty standards and trends. And for me, that was in middle school. Mm. I saw girls who had straight hair, pinned straight hair, and they would use flat irons to get it. Um, I didn't have a flat iron. And so I would use like my mom's olive oil cream products from the beauty supply store. And I just remember the bottle and I remember the smell, but I would smother my hair in that to make it look smooth. And it Mm. didn't really look the same way that it looked on the other girls. And that would tear me apart. And I also would be called names because of how my hair looked, even though I thought I was making myself fit in. I would bring an eyeliner from my mom's makeup bag on the bus and just start scribbling it on because I wanted to fit in with everyone else and I wanted to wear makeup. And I still didn't feel like the best version of myself. And I would get, I would be made fun of for the things that I added on, even though I Mm -hmm. thought that it was making me look better and made me feel a little bit better. And I would still do it. I would keep doing it no matter what people said, because it became like a security blanket. And yeah. And then throughout my adulthood, I started to change the way I did my makeup and my relationship with beauty and makeup changed into a way that I just embraced making myself look more like myself, enhancing my natural features, and also learning from my mom because she was a beauty advisor for Avon and Mary Kay for like a good part of my childhood. And it made me love makeup, but I still had that like tarnished relationship with it because I attached it to my self-esteem and wanting to look mm-hmm. like other people, look like the beauty standard. Um, mm-hmm. When I really could have just talked to my mom and said, hey, how do you apply this? And it's funny because she'll always like be like, Sarah, I wish you would have let me teach you how to do your makeup when you were, <laughs> when you were younger because then maybe you would have felt better. Because, you know, you talk yeah. to your parents after the fact mm-hmm. about like the trauma you mm-hmm. went through in, oh, yeah. in school. And you don't realize how much it impacts you until you look back on it. I'm like, wow, that was rough. <laughs> so I feel really seen by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you're, it's 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 really funny because I think we had almost a, a similar path in a way. My mother was a cosmetologist. She went to, to beauty school. Um, so her profession was that of trying to make people look good, you know, through hair and through makeup and you know, this, this story about you taking your mom's eyeliner, that was me trying to take my mom's lipstick and trying to, you know, sneak it and put it in my purse. Like, okay, I'm taking this to school and I'm going to put it on, on, you know, on the way to school, hoping that I could fit in to that, to that beauty standard. So it's, it's crazy in a way we've had similar um, stories about growing up and how we wanted to kind of fit in, but had that challenge of not being able to fit in because we just didn't have the right products. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting how, you know, you don't think of it again, you don't think of it at the time, but in retrospect, it's like growing up was not easy no. um, when you were really trying to fit mm-hmm. in. And I, I was a tomboy. So I grew up on the like other side of the spectrum and like I had no, my mom didn't really wear that much makeup. I lived with my dad half the time because my parents were divorced when I was younger. And so I like, I didn't have had no idea that there are these things out there. And then, you know, I kind of felt the pressure of, oh, well, like other girls are wearing things. Maybe I should start wearing some stuff. Like, am I not okay just the way that I am? And so that started a whole, <laughs> you know, self-esteem issue. Uh, 
And then I think in college, I got more into makeup. And then I'm kind of out of place now where I, I use it, like you said, Sarah, to enhance what I have instead of feeling like I can't leave the house without it because I'm ugly without it. So I feel like I, I have a good relationship with it now. But it definitely is interesting, like you're talking about when you're younger and how you don't really think about the impact that society has on beauty and everything involved with that. The beauty of what you said is that you've gotten to a place where you don't feel that the makeup is what, I guess, controls who you are, if I'm paraphrasing. You know, it's, it's, as an, it's an accessory, but it's not a necessity. And I think one of the things um, that I've grown to realize through this journey of being both the consumer and the scientist behind it is that makeup is something that can help you in showing your external beauty, but it doesn't create that beauty for you. It's just, say, an added tool or added benefit. It's something that you add on and what you supplement with, but it's not, it should not be, say, what is that drive? What is your drive to your inner beauty? Everyone is beautiful. I always say this. Everyone is it has an internal beauty. I don't care how challenging the world can be. It's somewhere, somewhere in there, there's some, there's, I believe it, there's inner beauty. Sometimes you just need something to help show that inner beauty on the exterior. And I think that's what makeup does. It kind of complements what you already have. So being able to personalize what that looks like for you, I think that's what makes uh, um, beauty so much fun, right? Because you get the chance to say, okay, I'm going to customize myself with this shade of, of red lip. You know, um, I was thinking earlier, like Marilyn Monroe, she had that iconic red mm. lip, right? Isn't it interesting how like people today, I think I'm starting to notice more women wanting to wear like brighter lip color. Yes. Why? Because it's like an external representation of what you kind of feel internally. Right. So it's like, it's, um, it's, it's just self-expression. It's bold. <laughs> yes, it's bold. Sometimes you just want to be bold. Like sometimes you just, yeah, you want to yeah. have that, that extra, I call it that extra pop. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> a little statement and just showing your personality yep. through something mm -hmm. that you can put on, which is amazing. And like, it's just interesting how a certain blush shade or a certain bronzer shade can just make you feel really good because you're like this is the perfect tone this is the perfect yes. consistency it's the perfect product and it's like I've searched my whole life for this and I finally found it and yes. it feels really good it's interesting how it can make you feel so so good to find it's so true something that's formulated for you and you are mm -hmm. part of that isn't that amazing I can't imagine how many people your work has just impacted that's a beautiful I'm, I'm, thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have picked the field where um, I'm really able to combine different things that I enjoy. Um, I enjoy creating. I enjoy science. I enjoy putting two things together and seeing what happens. I enjoy people. I enjoy friends. I enjoy family. So I mean, one of the, the challenges that I had... Um, when I first joined this, uh, joined L'Oreal was, I had a lot of friends and family come up to me like, okay, wait, you have to fix this, this thing. Cause like, I can't find my foundation. Shade. Like, um, now that you're in the lab, like 
figure out how to fix it. So it was it was a challenge, but it was a challenge that was very personal because I also had that same challenge. Like I couldn't find, you know, the best products. I had to mix two, three different products together together to get what I wanted. So having that opportunity to be able to work on a solution and that solution not only selfishly helped me, but help so many other people, it's definitely a win-win. Going off of it, I wanted to ask you how that felt like having that aha moment with Ultramarine Blue and that whole just changing the way diversity within makeup. How is that like for you being like one of the frontiers? In the research that we conducted to to try to find the solution um, to creating foundation shades that were more appropriate for different skin tones, it was a challenge initially. It was a challenge initially because we really had to sit back and, and take a step back, actually, to understand what was the cause of the challenge. Like, what was the challenge? What was missing? What needed to be added? What needed to be removed? And we were very fortunate to be able to travel uh, to different regions around the U.S. and eventually outside of the U.S. collecting skin tone data. And from collecting that skin tone data, what we found is that when you have different skin tones, um, there were colorants that were missing. And the colorants that were missing, we, we noticed is that when we added them, it changed the way those foundation shades would look. We were able to achieve shades that were much more vibrant, much more rich, much more realistic. That last part is super important because everyone wants to look like themselves. Truth be told, no one wants to look different. They want to look like themselves, maybe a little bit spruced up, or, you know, a little bit more color, but everyone really just wants to be themselves. And what we found was that when we added this specific coloring of ultramarine blue, we were able to achieve that. So that aha moment happened for us while we were traveling uh, and looking at how well these shades were on different skin tones. And when we had young girls come up to us, this takes me back to what we were just saying. We had young girls come up to us and after they tried on different products, it's like, wow, this actually works. Are you really a scientist? <laughs> are you really from the lab? And, you know, we were all taken aback because we're like, wait a minute. Yeah. We're just here mixing stuff up. Like, okay, let's try right. it on. Creating. Yeah. We're scientists. But never did we really understand the impact of what that meant for, again, these young girls, because they were now finding solutions to their problems. One, but then they were actually able to link it to a person, a person who looked like them, a person who had similar challenges to them and someone who was giving them a solution. So yeah, that aha moment came in the trenches. <laughs> I think we were in the trenches of really trying to find a solution. That's where we were like, okay, I think we're on to something. That's a beautiful story. And I just love the fact that like you get to show people, especially young women or young girls, that they can achieve something like this, that they can pioneer that they can create something that can transform the world and like and look like like and be them their full selves right yeah. like that's a beautiful thing it's just it warms my heart like Carly said yeah because young women <laughs> need that mm -hmm. like, yeah. yeah yeah 
it's probably one of the best um, experiences that have that has come out of me being in, in this type of scientific role or being a, yeah. a chemist is that I'm able to share uh, share that with other people yeah. and, and to other kids. One of the things that I, I love to do is to, to go to the schools. Sometimes when I get a chance, I'll go to schools and I'll do a science experiment with um, with the classroom or do a demo. And the importance of that is, again, you're they're able to see someone that looks like themselves um, and bring science to a level that's understandable, that's palpable. They can touch it. They can feel it. It's not something in a in a futuristic looking laboratory, you know, with this big pot and with smoke <laughs> coming out of it and it doesn't seem real. You know, it brings it to life. And the beauty of that is it grabs their attention. I, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten um, feedback afterwards. Like, you know, my students are now so much more interested in science. Like they really want to go into the science field. Like, you know, what can we do to, to spark them even further into this space of science? So it, it's, um, it's great to be able to, to make it fun and color is fun. So what can, what can we say? <laughs> yes. Color is fun. Um, I, so I, my, I already told you about my mom, but I was really lucky that my inspiration got to be her, um, especially being a first gen daughter and seeing her go through nursing school after going to school for a decade before she went into that route. She was a lab tech before she became a nurse and it took her three times the amount of time to get through nursing school. And it took me because of her path, two years to get through nursing school, if that makes sense. She paved the way for me and inspired me in so many ways and went through a ton of adversity so that I could have my my route, if that makes sense. And it's really special to have someone like that. And you get to be that for thousands, millions of people. Like that's a beautiful thing. Um, and it's an honor to be able to hear that from you. Oh, thank you. I have a question for many who use cosmetics and skincare products as part of their daily routine. The practice becomes a self-care routine for them. And I can say that from personal experience. It's definitely something that makes my day go so much better. Um, it's described by some psychologists as even a meditative practice. Is that idea at all incorporated when curating or designing products? Ah, uh, if you, I should, I was going to say if you only knew, but I guess I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Do tell. The, the level of science that is behind the creation of a product till today blows me away. It really blows me away. I'm going to I'm going to take you on a product journey. Of I'm going to just I, I have some products in front of me because I want to talk about a couple of um of routines. But let me just grab. Uh, I'm going to grab this guy. So I'm holding up uh, Revitalift Derm Intensive, um, and it's uh, hyaluronic acid and caffeine eye serum. Okay. And the reason why I'm, I'm going to pick this one to kind of give you an example of how there's so much science, um, science in, in the consumer psyche 
uh, behind our products. Um, I, the reason why I pulled this one is because it's a very unique applicator here. When we first approach a project um, and we want to understand the benefits of what it will lend for a consumer is we tackle, I guess, the psyche first. There's so much research. We, we utilize a lot of um, uh, psychological understanding, um, sociological understanding of our consumers to build these products um, that sometimes, again, like I said, we're saying it, it blows me away. When we want to understand how a consumer relates to a product, we reach out to consumers, we sit down with them, we, we talk to them, we understand. It's like, okay, first of all, what are your concerns? What are your concerns? What is it that you want to find a solution for? Um, how does that impact you? When you don't have that solution, how does that, how does that make you feel? Um, if you were to have a solution, and this is the solution that we're able to give you, what does that do for you? How does that improve your condition? How does that improve your life, right? Um, this particular product, uh, Revitalift Eye Serum, in the creation of this product, there was a lot of research in understanding texture. How does something feel underneath your fingers? How does it feel when you apply? Does it make you feel good? Is it, some, is it a pleasant ex experience? If it's not a pleasant experience, what is it that you would like to see to make it a pleasant experience? If we were to say, okay, maybe you don't want to use your fingers to apply. If I gave you an applicator to put on this product that's going to deliver this superb you know, experience, what would it do? How would it feel against your skin? You know, so I'm going to pull this applicator out and um, for those who want to look it up a little bit later, it's an applicator that has three balls, right? And it's for your eye area. And a lot of research went to understanding when the consumer puts this on, how does that make them feel? You know, is it, is it a massage underneath your skin? How do these three balls roll against your skin? Is it like addictive in a sense? Like, I just want to keep rubbing this against my skin because it, it gives me a very calming feeling. It, it cools, there's a cooling sensation, or I feel like I'm getting some form of a massage by this application. All of this is consumer science. It's all about understanding what it will take to give you a pleasant experience when you are putting on a product. And we haven't even gotten to the aspect of actually what the formula is doing to your skin. It's all about the texture. It's all about the feel. It's all about the deposit. It's all about how does this improve your experience with a product? How does it improve your feeling or your sentiments? How does it make you feel happy? So <laughs> when, you, when you think about it, you pick up a product. I never used to think about, okay, really, I'm just putting this on. I'm, I'm just, I just want it to do what it's supposed yeah, to do. And you then applying I go. it right now, it like makes me want to go out. And buy it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that it. looks nice. It's so. It looks, I'm like, 
Can I okay. get that? <laughs> so I'm t- the first time I tried it, and I, I geeked out because uh, scientists, we geek out over stuff too. I decided, and I just kept going like this. I just kept rubbing it. It felt so good. It felt like, okay, I'm giving myself a facial. This is like a massage. I'm just massaging my face. I completely forgot like what I was <laughs> what I was putting it on for because I'm still at the point of the the sensorial experience, right? And then once you once our packaging experts, you know, our our consumer science experts, they explain to us sensorially what it is that we need to do. Then you have packaging experts that create the pack. Then you have the formulation chemists who create the formula that creates this perfect what we call synergistic effect or marriage between the formula and the applicator. Um, And then, you know, it's packaged into this, you know, lovely design that once you receive it as a consumer, you now have the benefit of I'm getting plumping. Now we can talk about actually what it's going to do, right? (laughs) Because there are so, there's so many benefits of the actual formula. We've been focused on just the, the initial uh, experience, But then you have a formula that, you know, it gives you this beautiful feel on your skin. Hyaluronic acid helps to plump your skin. It also has caffeine to help with, you know, under eye dark circles. One of the reasons why I picked this, because I know as nurses, you know, at night, you know, you're trying to find like some quick routines or things that can like help, you know, to make you look super awake and, you know, with it in the morning. Right. But um, yeah, so it's, it's uh, it's what we call a package deal. It's really understanding the consumer needs from the very, very, very beginning of the experience all the way to the use period of it. I have the L'Oreal, um, it's a blue bottle, the retinol for, I've been using that. All, and I love that. I love serums because it feels like butter. And I just feel like, hey, I really don't know if this is doing anything, but I think it is. It feels good. And that's for me that doesn't really know much about skincare and is trying those little things that you're mentioning about, you know, the applicator and everything is so important to people like me because I just like to feel things and it really does make you want to buy it again. Just the textures and how it feels. Yeah. Yeah. It, it matters. And like, I, I can remember a product based on whether or not I didn't like how it felt or if it pilled up, balled up on my skin or felt irritating or I didn't like the applicator because it was scratchy. It just deters me from ever getting it again and something like that where just it becomes like a therapeutic experience just putting it on. Regardless of whether or not I see results, I'm still probably going to keep using it because I love it. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll probably, when it's done, I'll probably keep using the applicator, you know? The applicator. <laughs> you know, the beauty behind our products is that the amount of testing that we do to substantiate performance is amazing. When I tell you, you know, outside of what I just described, you know, before it gets to the shelves and to the consumers, there's so much testing that goes behind validating the performance. You know, we do a lot of clinical testing. And the purpose for the clinical testing is if we say that I'm going to use my next favorite vitamin C. You know, if we're saying that there's 12% of vitamin C here, we want to make sure that from the point at which the consumer starts to use this product, there's a benefit up until, you know, the the different trials or the different time points that we do checks, whether it's one week or after two weeks or after four weeks, we're seeing a benefit. 
So there's so much amount of clinical testing that we do to support it, safety testing to make sure that um, it doesn't irritate the skin uh, or we don't have um, issues of peeling. You know, there's so much that goes behind putting one of these products in market that by the time the consumer gets it, you really are receiving, you know, advanced skincare performance in our products. Yeah, I feel like, and that gives you a sense of safety. And especially as a nurse, you know, who's seen what can happen when people use products that aren't tested heavily and it can cause permanent damage, like knowing that there's so much heart, soul, but also science and work put into making sure the formula is safe, it makes you feel just like they would want to protect you. It makes you feel safe to use. And I feel mm-hmm. like any L'Oreal product I've always felt safe using. Um, yeah. Like you see it on the, you see it on, in a store, in a CVS, <laughs> in a, anywhere. And you're like, yeah. yeah. I could pick that up. Oh, I need something like I this. I will not use any other and mascara. You don't feel mm-hmm. like you, exactly. You don't feel like yeah. you can not trust it. And I definitely use the L'Oreal Telescope. Oh my gosh, that's what I, I have in on high right school. Oh, I have it on right now. I like I swear by it. And I'm not a makeup person and I'm like, <laughs> I will not. I just bought another thing yesterday because I was like, I will not go back. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Uh telescopic that's is a tried and true. They're accessible products, you right? Yes. Like that's why many of us have used them since middle school, high school, because you can pop into the store and pay for it. And it's not something that's exuberant in price, but it's still a high quality product. Yeah. And that's a that's another great piece to it. So lots of nostalgia associated with it, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the beauty behind working in this field is that you really become the consumer. You know, we talked a bit about, you know, my personal pain points, the pain points of my uh, friends and family, but there's so many scientists that are just like me. You know, they're they're on the bench, they're formulating these products, they're trying these products on before it ever even gets out the lab. Like, so these are people who really believe behind what they're doing. They really be- believe in the science and, you know, they get to create these lovely products that by the time it gets to you, you know, they've, they've gotten to, to experience the, the benefits of it. So, you know, our L'Oreal scientists are great looking people <laughs> because they really do get the opportunity to create amazing products. They're glowing. It's personal. Yeah. It you is. You are glowing. <laughs> oh, yes. thank yes. you. Yes. Yes. Where for someone that is kind of new to makeup or someone like my old self that had no idea where to begin with skincare or anything, what do you think is a good place to start? Ah, skincare is, it's a lot like makeup, you know, when you think of it, it's uh, it's personal to you. It's you, you first have to, I guess, start to take a step back and say, okay, what is it that I really want or really maybe what I would like to see complement my skin. Um, I'll give you a couple of things that I have started using and what I've been using. Um, But the best part about it is that you can customize based off of your skin condition, your skin concerns. So if you have, you know, um, hyperpigmentation or if you have uneven skin or you have dull skin, um, L'Oreal has a great portfolio of products that will kind of um, fit your need. 
So I'm going to talk about maybe a couple of, of products today that um, I think work really well. I was kind of thinking like as a nurse, you know, sometimes in the evenings, you don't get an opportunity to to do a full routine. But what are some things that are really quick that you can do? Maybe on your break, like quick break. I'm just going to do something while I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm taking a bite, but I can do this at the <laughs> same time. So um, one of the first things that what I talked about was that Revitalift Eye, that eye serum. I'm sorry, I'm obsessed. So this this tripper ball roll, it is the most calming. You know, this is again that that um, mental health. You know, when you you think about like therapeutic, that there. I tell you, sometimes I just sit here. I'm just rubbing it against my skin, and it's a flexible tip, so it moves with the contours of your skin, of your face. Uh, so it's easy to deposit. It absorbs super well. Um, into your skin, it it replumps, um, it brightens. Uh, for you know, some people who have crow's feet, it will help to smooth out uh, lines. It's really like one of the best workhorses that you could possibly have. Then after that, uh, vitamin C. Vitamin C we know is great for brightening. It helps to brighten. Helps to give your skin like a, a more of an awake look. Uh, and the best part about it is that through our testing, we validated that it can give you this effect instantaneously. So from the point that you apply it onto your skin, it helps to brighten. You have a brightened appearance on your face. And then as you continue to use it through the, the cycle, after uh, some time, you you see a prolonged appearance of, of brightening on your skin. So this 12% of vitamin C is um, is what we like to say is an active level of vitamin C that will really help to give you that brighten, awake, I'm the, I don't look tired, I, I'm always this, <laughs> I'm always like this, this awake and, and, and I woke up like this, right? This beautiful appearance on skin. And it really does absorb rather quickly into the skin. So you don't need to have a very long routine. It's like apply, um, you put it on, and it absorbs really quickly and like you're ready to go. Third step, um, which is always super important, is that you have a cream. A cream kind of helps to create that barrier to your skin. It kind of um, almost helps to lock in everything that you've just you know put on, right? Um, L'Oreal just recently launched uh, Midnight Cream. And this particular cream, it has, it has, still so we talked about sensoriality, like the feel, the texture, the creaminess, the unctuousness of this cream on your skin. It's, it's like one of those other things. You put it on and it's just like, you just want to rub it. It feels so nice. Um, the the skin, the barrier um, that it creates on your skin, um, it really helps to, how do you say, awaken your skin overnight. So it, it, during the nighttime, it's really where uh, your skin has the most time to repair itself, right? From the daily exposures of, of, of pollutants and, and all those other things. So after um, you apply it, you see this visual, you have a visual 
uh, sense of it improving your skin. And this is immediately, like the next morning after you apply, you see this, this luxury, I call it luxury on your skin. Like you see this luxuriousness on your skin um, just after, you know, this immediate use. But again, over time, your skin is more firmer. It's more radiant. Um, it visibly reduces lines, uh, fine lines and wrinkles. So it's, it's something that you can put on at night. And then in the morning, you already see the benefit of it. I feel like that's perfect. Yeah. For night shift nurses. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, like, because you have to wear the mask. I would always try to do as much skincare as possible, mm-hmm. especially on my lips, under my eyes. And so just having something that's working overnight while I'm working too, I feel like that's key. <laughs> That's like the best way to to say it. It's like as you're working, it's working. And then that in the morning, it's like, oh, wow, wait, you just had a night shift? Where? <laughs> like it's your, your skin just looks so healthy, so awake. And you know, you're off to, to doing your, your, next, uh, your next superhero role. <laughs> oh, I feel so intelligent now. I'm about to go. I have to go to the store immediately. But <laughs> no, I need that. I yeah. I need that serum and I need to start just self-care. It's all self-care. And isn't it amazing how you can just have something that's just quick, mm-hmm. like it's easily accessible. I mean, we're not going to say we're replacing your, um, your, your massage routine, but it's, it's a quick uh, uh, experience that you can have to waken yourself up, improve your mental state, make, make you feel you know, a little bit removed from, you know, the stresses of, of being uh, in, in the in the hospital setting or in a nursing, you know, type of setting um, just for just for a few minutes. Thank you so much for joining us today. I feel the science nerd in me is satisfied, but I feel like I learned a lot <laughs> through just your knowledge and your story. So thank you again for joining us. And if our listeners want to follow her, she does have a personal account on Instagram, but you can also see what she's doing at L'Oreal USA. So stay tuned next week. We have some more mental health discussions and thank you again for your time. Oh, thank you. Thank you again for all that you all do.